0: Welcome to episode 317 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got not only a lengthy one, but a great one. We've got the return of Trevor William Church to our podcast. We had him on here early in 2020, pre-pandemic, and now here we are. Almost post-pandemic. Yeah, later parts of the pandemic. Right, right. With Trevor back, so we got
1: <clears> some <throat> bad stuff to talk about. And of course, Hans got a brand new album as well. Beautiful distraction. It's a great record. And uh, it was really fun talking to him. Uh, you know, never a shortage of subjects to go over.
0: Oh, that's for sure. And we're going to get into that here shortly. But first, we need to let you know who we're always sponsored by. And that would be DEB Concerts, promoter based right here in Tulsa that's brought tons of great stuff to the downtown area. They also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. So we should have that. To talk about here coming up soon when that lineup comes out for September. But in the meantime, DEB Concerts is bringing Brett Scallions, the vocalist of Fuel, to the Ideal Barroom on June 19th. And our good friends in Grind will be opening that show. That'll be a great double bill of some great music out there at the Ideal Barroom. And then the very next week, the following Saturday, June 26th, Lita Ford will be returning to the Ideal Barroom. That'll be another great show as well, and I believe Eddie Trunk is hosting both of those. So, get out there, talk to Eddie Trunk, get your picture taken. You can see all these these shows and any future announcements at debconcerts.com, and also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and let them know we sent you. We've also got Medfarm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Hey! 420 was just this past Tuesday, so hopefully you got your fix in that situation to whoever's listening. But if you didn't, what you need to do is get over to MedFarm. They've got a drive through. You can call ahead or text ahead, so all you got to do is pull up there. You can be in and out pretty quick. You can also see their entire selection ahead of time at Leafly.com, and all the other information about their business is at MedFarmOK.com. That's P-H-A-R-M. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, MedfarmOK. Okay. They are cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters, which is an amazing cause. That means almost a third of what they sell, the profits are going to to build these no-kill animal shelters. So that's a major reason. To, another major reason to support these guys. And finally, if you mentioned that you heard about them on Thunder Underground, the they give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool as well. Follow them on their socials because they always run into other orders as well. And a huge thank you to Medfarm. i have also got Sunset Tattoo right here in Midtown Tulsa. Jake Thompson does some amazing work. You can see all of that at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Facebook and Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Instagram. If you get a hold of him ahead of time, you can set up a time to give him a call or go see him in person to talk about what work you need to have done. I've had work done from him. And I'm very happy with it. We know other people that have. Maybe Jason will be soon. We don't know. Someday soon. Yeah. He's going to get the cover of Pyromania tattooed on his back. It's going to be fucking great. I I, I can't wait. That target right there? Right, right. Totally. (laughs) But Jake's tattoos are done good and proper. He's state licensed and he is mother approved. If you've ever met Jake Thompson in person, you will know that 100 that that 100% that that man is mother approved. So... Get over to Sunset Tattoo Tulsa and tell them we sent you. Finally, we've got Hella Hot Hot Sauce, a company located out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artists and hot sauces. You can see the entire line at hellahothotsauce.com. Their socials, their Facebook and Instagram are also hellahothotsauce. They do collaborations with some metal artists, in fact, that we've had on this podcast. They've got a sauce called Brain Jerk with Ghoul. Digester from Ghoul was on this podcast, and they've also got a sauce with Florida Frank, the guitarist for Hate Breed. Florida Frank has been on here as well. That sauce is called Florida Frank's Florida Heat, and that stuff's really good, but it's really damn hot. This isn't the hella hot is not a joke. Give these guys a, a follow, buy you some stuff if you're out there on the West Coast. You can buy it in stores anywhere else, you can buy it online and have it shipped to you. A huge thank you to Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All right. So before we get into this, Haunt, I don't think there's, you know, this is so long we're not going to go into much other stuff, but no, uh-uh. other than the new uh, Throat Eye Blind
1: song came out last Friday, and I know you're pumped. God. I mean, I, you, surely you're joking. Uh, yeah, I just made up a random nice band uh, song. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> right. But anyways, yes, Haunt, uh, you know, the brainchild of Trevor Church. Um, I, I think probably the only thing I would add is uh, since this interview um you know he talked about andy and andy joining him um in the touring lineup well he's posted a picture uh so um you know check that out and see kind of the new lineup and they're still looking for a bass player so that's cool and uh, you know i I really like what he's doing with beautiful distraction and kind of where his songwriting is going and with the synths and stuff that's really adding a lot and uh you know, I think, um, the, the, the vision, I think the vision becomes clearer with every release that he does. And, uh, this is just beautiful distraction is just a great record. Great, great record. I, I can't, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> just listen to all this that we go into. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much all I'd have to say.
0: Yeah. This band's great. And like you said,
1: that's a great point is that we're seeing it
0: develop in time because he's putting out so many releases in such a short period of time. Right. The, like what was Beautiful to scratch and the Beautiful Distraction, the sixth album? Does that sound right? I, I thought he said he was at eight. Eight? Okay. I don't know. I, I, I Well regardless, I we're remember. at six to eight albums in what, five years? Right. Since he I mean, started the haunt project after after Beastmaker was done. Yeah. And I mean that's that's the level that hasn't most artists don't even do eight albums in their fucking career. Yeah. And he's done it in a span of time that like Jimi Hendrix would put out all his albums, you know. Or, exactly, exactly. You know, all the classic Zeppelin albums or Van Halen albums right. in the early days all came out really quickly, you know. But And so normally to see that, you know, we've really seen it when we went back over these artists with our every album in a row thing exactly. we do. And you, you see the progression of an artist, but you have to look at it over 20, 30 years of
1: time. Yeah. With him, you're seeing it right in front of your eyes. Right, right. It, it's um, It's prolific. The drive is just unbelievable. He's got so much drive. It's really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, we'll tell you a short story here real quick. It's the first thing that this uh, conversation opens up with is a lot of talk about poop in uh, <laughs> bathrooms. <laughs> bathrooms in Europe, especially. Right. And right. just overseas and that kind of thing. And Trevor was talking about some of that stuff. So this past week, I went to Mexico. And I think when I got there, I sent you and Jason a picture of Cabo Wabo thing and Someone else, something and the very next person I sent something to was Trevor, because I went the first bathroom I went into had the flush thing was like separate from the toilet. And it was like a foot pedal thing that was like, you know, like it wasn't just like an extra option. That was the way you flushed it. Right. And I'm like, this is, you know, in my head, I'm like, this is how toilets should always be. But it just kind of went into exactly what we talked about. Yeah. And so I just yeah, sent you him Always this... use your foot in a public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, that just seems like so much extra work for the plumber and i'm like yeah but i'm not complaining in my position right now (laughs) that's great yeah but so there you go so once you get to the first 10 or so minutes of our our poop talk here we'll get into the the heart of trevor's music so let's jump into it here's trevor william church of haunt
2: walking my boy. He was going crazy earlier, screaming at me for chocolate. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I have this interview with my wife. Today's the first day back for teachers and students. I don't know if you guys knew that in California right now, but today is the first official day that kids are in in school. Oh, wow. So my wife is so stressed out, so she's not (laughs) even home he supposed to be so i'm on i'm on a little stroll right now through fresno rolling my
1: boy right on right on <laughs> are you taking him to get chocolate
2: <laughs> yeah he's got pickles now he's settled
1: oh, okay <laughs> good good <laughs>
2: he, settled, he settled for pickles so i was like oh thank god like i'm like don't eat all my chocolates because I got hell of a good ass dub chocolates, <laughs> and I'm like, they're so wasted on you. You don't even know how delicious dub chocolate is yet. <laughs> I know you know, but like, he doesn't. He doesn't get it. I'm like, man, these are like expensive, bro. This is dad's. This is dad's snack. This isn't baby snack, <laughs> right? Soon he will
3: know.
1: Baby
2: snack. Well, he's not a baby anymore, but you know. They kind of are your baby no matter what. He's technically a toddler. So.
0: What's he, like two now, two or three? He's going to be two in
2: three months. Okay. So they're technically a toddler after a year. Once they're one-year-old, it's like, boom, I guess. No longer a baby.
0: Yeah, I think think last time we talked to you, you were, like, leaving the doctor with him. And that was, like, early 2020, so he would have been, like, less than a year old at that point.
2: Probably, man. It's uh, hard to say because what what he was there for. He was born July 7th, 2019. So um, around that time, who knows? I don't know what could have happened. He's, He's a little buddy. He had a cast on for the last month and he still has one. He got into some glass and cut his finger. Oh, wow. Cut his finger so deep it nicked the bone and severed a tendon. Holy crap! I was just like, dude, and the full arm cast for the little guy. Full arm cast for your finger, man. Can you imagine? I, can't, I guess because when you are yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't have wrists, so the freaking thing will just fall, in, fall off. And so I'm like, oh my god, he just got it off yesterday, actually. Oh wow! Because the first. This is the first time I've seen his hand in a month, man. i was like, whoa, is it still there? <laughs> I'm like, I am like, wonder what he thought. You know, you think about, like, the mind of a kid. It's like, you know, he doesn't really understand all the ways of the world yet. And here he has this hand, and then all of a sudden he has this big-ass club of a cast. And he has no hand. He's like, oh, I guess this is how life is going to be now. <laughs> right. you know, so it's just like... Like, it's like a totally different mindset than what, like, an adult would be like. You'd be like, oh, shit, man, I got fucking cast. This shit sucks. <laughs> Baby's like, well, okay, well, this sucks. I thought I had a hand there, but I'm just going to go on, you know? And it's it's really weird how resilient kids are and shit. And just like, oh, I'd be tore up, man. <laughs> tore up emotionally. Yeah, same here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I'm like, Cas for a month, bro.
2: Cool. Cutting years. Fucked up year, man. <laughs> yeah. But but baby is like, well, I guess you took away my hand. I don't get it anymore. I got weird club thing here, so then, Ooh, dude, it's getting it's getting it's getting summertime. I don't know what it's like where you guys are from, but man.
0: Yeah, we're out here in the Midwest in Oklahoma and it's the last few weeks have been really nice, starting to get back into some good weather finally.
2: Yeah, you guys get snow, though. Here, it's going to... We're about to hit the heat. Yeah. Desert heat, man. We're going to be at, like, 100 degrees within maybe probably a month from now. Like, every day. Right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we're usually, like, late June, July is whenever we get that. But Jason's originally from California, so he knows. Uh, Well, you were pretty
1: young. Moved here when we were two, so... Oh, two. Never mind. (laughs)
0: Well,
2: you don't understand. You don't remember two... You're resilient and you can have your arm in a cast. <laughs> right, you right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah would,
3: so.
2: you would have no emotional repercussions whatsoever.
3: Right,
2: You're right. you just just drunk, dude. Everybody's feeding me. My ass is hella white, clean. I got a fresh diaper. Like, that was that life. Was good? <laughs> I mean, imagine having to wipe your ass with your left fucking hand for a month, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm left handed, <laughs> so that's horrible. natural well the, okay the other the <laughs> other hand okay, just, right uh, here, imagine wiping your ass with your other hand for a month Just to like relearn how to wipe your ass yeah you? it's like a whole new ass wiping experience you're like oh well okay how how do I spread my cheek a little bit to get this fucking shit off me
0: <laughs> maybe there's a fucking YouTube video wipe- tutorial
2: shitting, shitting is the worst thing that like ever could have happened to man I think it's the punishment of the fucking world I'm just like yeah you feel relief, but what if you didn't even feel it anymore right you That's know it's just like you didn't have to you're like alright I don't have to do this sh- this fucking t- deed every day <laughs> I, I, I agree it for the rest I of agree. my life <laughs> like, it do. would be real nice <laughs> it reminds me of like the old Anne Rice novels where like the vampire Lestat would talk about like I think it was this, this book she had called Tales of the Body Thief. I was really into Anne Rice when I was like a teenager, and uh, Lestat, that um, his body, his vampire body was stolen? He was in a mortal body, and he had to like shit, and he just was like, "Oh my god, it's this is horrible, like, thing that these humans do." It's disgusting. you're just like, "Yeah, it's fucking worse," and 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 then on when you're on the road. It's like yeah. a whole other world of just like, all right, where am I shitting today, man? Here we go. <laughs> you know, it's all about, I think I think on tour, it's all about finding a place to take a shit. I don't really care about anything else, usually. Like, where am I shooting today? See, the first thing I want to know, where am I taking a shit? Because it better be clean. <laughs> I don't want to go shit in this dirty ass venue and some shit in some hostel with like, Europe's the worst. America, like, America, we're pretty, our bathrooms are pretty pretty legit, but some of the, the, um, like, I don't know, there's some interesting type venues we played, we played some squats and stuff in Europe, and it's just like, the fuck is this? You gotta take a shit in this? Like, what? And then when there's like a string hanging down from the ceiling, you're just like, what the, what, where am I? Like, you don't have just a flush, like, Where's the fucking knob to flush it? Why do you have to have a string coming out the ceiling? <laughs> like how's that how is that a better thing? Like how can you explain to me the engineering of why you would even have that?
0: It just seems twice as ten times as complicated as yeah, the regular system.
2: <laughs> I mean you have to like run the fucking what do you you have to run the string to some sort of like valve that opens when it gets pulled and it's like, why not just have it on the goddamn toilet? And then yeah. some of the places have these weird things that are on the wall. You, like, push the wall. Have you guys ever been to Europe?
0: Yeah. I've been to a few countries. Have you,
2: ever, have you experienced that?
0: Not the string thing.
2: Have you, You've experienced pushing the button on a wall then? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it weird? You're like, why? Yeah. And then there's two buttons. One is like a small flush, and then the other is like if you took a shit. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, why do you need?" I mean, it's just weird. It's like piss isn't as important. You're just like, "Well, okay, the piss. If I only flush a little bit of it, it's okay, but the shit has to go down." And here's the true story: We stayed in it's in a, in a town called Nijverdal in the Netherlands, and they got us this really. It was not a bad place. It was a really nice like kind of like RV park ordeal, like hotels, kind of like getaway place. It was really nice. I mean, for Americans, you could stay in an RV park. It's usually pretty bad. But this is in Niverdal, the Netherlands, where it's just like beautiful and they don't have methamphetamines. You know what I mean? It's like right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the RV park that was like, fuck, it's luxury, man. I could live here. Yeah. But um, the toilet, I go in this place, man and in the fucking there's this all this right there's all this stuff on the wall all these instructions and I could have swore it was a picture of a person with a piece of toilet paper like picking up the shit out of the toilet and I was trying to figure out I'm like I'm looking at this toilet and I'm like I already knew it wasn't a normal toilet because the hole was like so small I was like Where's the shit go? Here, <laughs> you just shit on a big old flat surface. There's no water, so it's really like you're taking a real fucking deep look at yourself. You're like, "All right, what does it look like today? Oh God, what is this?" And <laughs> and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, "Okay, do I fucking pick up my turd? What what is what, what is this instructions? Like, I I was trying to figure out. I was like." Okay, so I pick up the shit out of the toilet and I put it in the garbage can. I'm like, why not just shit in the garbage can? Like, what, <laughs> right. what? What is this picture? And I, you know, and I, was, and I sent a picture to the guys. I was like, uh, what the fuck? Do I take the turd out? Like, I was like, seriously? <laughs> it was so confusing. I was like, what is this fucking picture? Like, and 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 then I'm sitting there like perplexed because I just literally shit on like. A slab of porcelain with no water. I'm like, how's and it was pretty large. I mean, it was it was a good day. There was, <laughs> there was relief. Impressive. And yeah, it was it was. I was like, all right, that was a good one. And I'm sitting there going, how the fuck is this? How is this going to get down the hole? Like, is this a game? <laughs> so. And then I was, so I so I decided like there was all this writing so I decided to, like Google translate it and go all right I'm Google translating cuz I'm not getting the an answer and come to find it's like a super water con- conservative toilet like they 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 have they try to like keep the water usage to a minimum and <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding you but when when it came time to flush the thing it took like seven flushes. I was like, water conservation, my ass. Like, I just flushed the toilet seven times. The shit barely went down, and now there's a huge fucking line of shit thing smeared all over the toilet because of <laughs> it. I'm like, this makes no sense how this is a good thing. You'd probably be better off shitting. But And then on top of this, to get this, you can't flush the toilet paper down. So you wipe your ass and throw it in the garbage can. Right. <laughs> like, Come on, shit. This is just—we've just gone over the fucking rail of like, we're, we're this is this is exactly what I don't need in my life, and um, I would never, I would never ever think about buying a toilet like that because Jesus, can you imagine cleaning that thing after a month? You're right. It'd just be the whole the whole top of it would just be brown. Would <laughs> it just have like a whole layer of shit on it? You're like, okay.
0: Well, and then you got to take the trash out every damn day or else it's going to smell like shit. Mountain
2: time. of <laughs> mountain of shit I've accumulated. And then all the toilet paper. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, all right, I just, uh I got to clean out. I mean, I'm bad enough. I don't know how you guys are cleaning your fucking, your waste bin and your bathroom. But that's usually the last waste bin I ever look at. Right, yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, it would just be filled with shit and toilet paper. I mean that that is just embarrassing. If somebody comes over and they're like, oh I gotta throw something away and then you open it and they can see like your your fucking defecation, your gross like shit <laughs> toilet paper, you're like, Well,
1: welcome to Nybridal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suffer for your art, man. <laughs> Yeah, so
2: that's, that has, that is nothing, there's nothing musical about that other than it was on the road. Right, right. While playing, while playing music has nothing to do with anything uh, significant. But it's always a good story because it's one of those things that us, like Americans, take for granted while we're turning here talking shit about the tour here. Got oh, a fucking gross gas station. And at least thing, when you take a shit, you hear the punk. And then it flushes down, no problem, every time. Right. (laughs) Never a problem. Never a flush issue. And, you know, like, in Europe, you almost have to be a fucking karate ninja to cook the fucking wall to flush it because it doesn't have your fucking... I don't know about you guys, but I don't fucking touch the flusher at a gas station. Right. Everything's done foot.
3: Yeah, I used wipe my ass,
2: with my foot if I was possible. I I would literally wipe my ass, with my foot if I could do it. Now <laughs> on the road, am like, oh man, like touching all this stuff, and I'm gonna fucking touch my asshole right now. Well, not touch it, but get near it. And you know, uh, but it's a little, it's a little conveniences that we tend to. So you know, maybe I miss it. Maybe that's why I'm talking about it. I'm like man, COVID, man, I've been stuck inside for like a year. Wish I could take a shit somewhere where I can flush the fucking toilet with my foot.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, I can't wait, man. Can't wait for these days. Speaking of that, I mean, how, how close do you think it's all getting to, uh, you know, being back full tilt again?
2: I don't know about anything about full, but I can tell you that right, yeah. I had booked a tour in April, and I thought that was a realistic tour because I, I know we'll probably play a little bit this year. Um, I mean, I really want to go play because I had, I had to get a whole new live band put together. Basically, COVID left me um, without band. Everybody kind of. Had their own thing that they wanted to go do in life, and it's like, hey, see you later. Bye. I fired my drummer. We weren't really getting along. Never really got along that well. It's kind of, Fresno's a um, really interesting place when it comes to musicians. You don't have, there's not really a, a big selection. Right. And so, you try to find the best here, and if you're lucky, you can put a band together and, and go, but i 'm kind of a, a crazy person in, in, a, in a sense because I like have to have control of my music i don't really like collaborating or jamming or any of that shit doesn't just doesn't do anything for me'm like in my twenties, I used to love getting together and jamming and hanging out, but you know i'm a dad and all that shit, and like even before that i didn't you know non dad I was the same way i'm like all right well i 'm going to write songs today and I write songs it's, like why would I wait? To play with other people so that kind of thing just really started um it's kind of how i started haunt anyway because it was like alone you know it's like well i'm gonna write this because i have my other band and um but you know it's really important to kind of i remember those first shows like the first shows haunt ever did and i already had an album out with kind to. Of, made it a little bit more stressful because there was a little steam on Luminous Eyes, like it, you know, Fenris and Dark Throne had blogged about it. It was doing pretty good. And then, um, and there was like, okay, now you have to put a band together and, and play shows. And I was like, fuck. And oh man, some of those first shows, they, they weren't bad by any means. Cause I picked good musicians, but they weren't great, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of sloppiness. It's like awkward cues. Trying to, like, the first bass player we had didn't work out, and I had to fire him. It's been really weird being the guy to fire people. To be honest <laughs> with you, it's been a very bizarre um, thing. And I think it's going to – I'll probably have to do this again at some point in time. Who knows? Because you have to play with people for a while fill them out and Sometimes, you know, things run their course. It's just how it is. Things run their course all the time. And you can't really look at it as a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you lose the main person. Usually if somebody in a in a popular band, you lose the singer. That was like, everybody loved the singer. You're pretty doomed, right? I mean, how often does a band get back on track from that? Right. Did you guys even think of one?
0: Well, outside of the obvious, big ones like Van Halen or... ACDC, not really.
2: Okay, but but look who <laughs> look who fucking Van Halen got. Yeah,
0: yeah. It
2: wasn't like it wasn't like they were like, all right, we got Joe. Smoe. <laughs> <fucking big. laughs> right. They yeah. paid they paid Sammy they paid Sammy three million dollars to join the band. Yeah. I mean, and that was in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. That's like fucking eight million dollars in today's money. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. who, who would go? Even yeah. an already millionaire would be like, fuck. Three million just to join? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, motherfucker. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't the, know, about oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know about ACDC, how yeah. they went about it, but.
1: Well, it's like, uh, apart, you're kind of right though, apart from a few of the big bands that have done it, not, not many, it, it's, some bands never recover from, from that kind of thing.
2: Never recover. It's like a, it's like a thing, man. It's yeah. like, there, there, it, it, it's, it, and, the, and then there's like the other situation It's like the Death Leppard situation I call it Where Steve Clark dies
3: mm-hmm.
2: He was like I feel like he's the dude that had the riffs yeah. Oh, yeah. He wrote the sick riffs He put them on the fucking planet As far as I'm concerned They weren't shit until Steve Clark And they, they even say that in their movie bases. They're like Steve Clark just Boom The man like, Just ripped And, had, and songs got better good songs are written. <laughs> you hear my son, he's like going crazy right now. <laughs> he's like here he wants to talk, he wants to get in on the conversation. He's like, Okay <laughs> I hear you dad. Right. I hear you I hear you yapping non all the time. But anyway, like that scenario though, like Steve Clark scenario you um you lose the wrist master. You have the singer but you lost the wrist master then what? Right. You don't have the wrist mask in your tomb. So uh, the, the only thing I have going for me really is that I am both. Right. You know, so it's like I can start over anytime. Nothing changes except for the look on stage.
0: <laughs> well, from your end, would you prefer to obviously end up with a solid band of three guys that you could count on for years or do you not mind just the rotating cast of band members with I
2: honestly, I I mean, whatever, whatever arises is what I have to deal with. And that's kind of the thing. It was some weird, there's some weird shit that like really went down the taunt that was always hard for me to kind of swallow is, is that, you know, I was kind of being told like, you need to put together a band. You need to have the image of a band. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I was just kind of like... Okay, you know, like you, people don't like solo projects, I guess, or something of that nature. Like they just don't have as much um, notoriety, or something of that nature. Yeah. So I had to kind of like base things off that, and and I I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna listen to you guys, and I made I made, <laughs> I mean, "Burst in the Flame." If you look on in the insert, not only did Daniel not play on the album. Either did Matt wait, so I got two guys that didn't even play on it on the insert, and and it continued that way. And it's, it's been very awkward for me because I'm like, well, I didn't really want to do it like that, but I was told it was the best way to go about it. So who knows? I mean, I really don't know yeah. if that was a if that made it work better, but I mean, it allowed me to go play live. And the guys I played with, at the, you know, when we were going, it was cool. But again, this is not, You know, if you if you want creativity and you want like collaboration and you want like songwriting credit, this is Han is not the band. So mm-hmm. You feel know I me? Mean? Like it's just not. Right. And it never was, and I never was like, yeah, we're gonna like hang out, write music, collaborate, like we'll have we'll party together and stuff. It just it's just not the formula of what I do so it has been a little bit um it's been a little weird and it's been a little challenge and I I think that it would be great to have dudes I can like rely on forever right now I just got I have a new drummer and I have a new guitar player and they both are really good dudes good musicians and I think they understand well I have the drummer for Beastmaker Andy I brought him back And, um, he's kind of, he, he knows me really well. So we're actually been best friends for like the last 16 years. So, um, we, um, hold on a second. Rex, what's wrong, buddy? What's wrong? Papa's right here. Anyway, we're strolling. He's probably getting pissed. He's like, how long is this stroll? (laughs) (laughs) How long are you going to have me in this stroller? But um, anyway, um, he kind of already knows what's up with me and how I operate and, like, what, what that entails, which is basically just, like, you know, you got to kind of be in the Trevor show and just deal with whatever I'm doing. Just don't get in my way. Let me just – let me sail the ship to where we need to go. Right. Because that's when I work the best is when I'm just, like, don't have any headaches. I don't have anybody – upset you know what I mean like when people start getting like kind of you know you can kind of start telling things aren't going right and I could tell things were really going right with the last live band and I was like all right well we gotta something has to change here and I had a long talk with John and he left he decided to quit and at that point I was like all right well I saw that coming I didn't see Taylor coming. I already knew I was going to fire Wolfie and replace him with Andy um, kind of beforehand because we had been talking about it, and I was just like, I just want to get back out on the road with you. We just, I think we just have more in common. We work hard. Like We just have certain things where we're just like, the way that we are is, uh, you know, he doesn't drink, doesn't really party. We're kind of the same person. We kind of got on that thing with, like, Beastmaker. We get up early take care of ourselves, like make sure we had the energy to perform and everything was like cool, we'd always have a smile on, everything was rad, you know. And we didn't really have that kind of we didn't really have that vibe with the the haunt that existed um that everybody knows because it it just wasn't the best team. And I have to put I had to put together a better team, you know? Like at the end of the day, it was like, Okay, Trev, you need you need your you need your partner in crime, you need your best friend, and that's why I let Wolfie go. He was we were just not cut of the same cloth and I'm sure people, you know, want to know what the hell's going on, so I might as well, you know, tell people because they haven't seen it yet. And maybe a lot of people haven't seen it because they haven't seen Haunt yet, or they're just finding out about Haunt. We're a fairly new band, you know, or whatever. Fairly new project, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's just one of those things. Things take their course. Members may come, members may go. But having Andy, I think he'll stay with me for quite a while. And I have a new guitar player. His name is also Andy. I have two Andys now. It's fucking wrap that around your brain, Andy, Andy, <laughs> like, oh shit, <laughs> fucking Andy's everywhere, and, uh, so I got Andy's everywhere now, and, the other Andy's a really good friend of ours, and he actually went on a Beastmaker tour with us, one time did, a bunch of photography, and, all kinds of stuff with us, and, um, so, and he's a great guitar player, good dude, um, I hope he stays. It's like I don't think you want anybody to leave. It's not like I wanted John or Taylor to leave. Right. It's just things kind of that you know. Taylor left because he said he wanted to do his own thing and didn't see any incentive of being in Haunt. And I totally get it. Like, like if you want to be like the creative outlet, the creative drive of a project, you can't be in a band with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> That's like, like, it doesn't make any sense, like, at all. It's like, I always told the guys, though, like, if you guys write something and it rips and it's like, like, haunt style, bring it. You know what I mean? I never, I never was like that, like, dictating when it comes to that. It was just more or less, my songs are done. And they're done. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I already wrote it. It's already written. Yeah. Nothing needs to be changed, so it just, just didn't make any sense. But to answer the question further, it just yeah, yeah, and no. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter that much. I I would like it to stay relatively the same because training people for a job is always shitty. Yeah, you know. I'm sure you guys have worked with people where you're like, all right, well, this person doesn't know shit, and i got to teach them how to do the job. That's going to make my job harder because I'm teaching them, and i got to pick up their slack right now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know every, what I mean? Every day, man. Every day.
2: Every day? Oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck.
1: Almost. That's
2: a whole other... Every day? That's fucking bullshit right there. I, I fucking... You need a new line of work if that like, <laughs> If you got to pick up all the slack and train every day, it, it's oh like my God.
1: It's like at least a couple days out of the week. Yeah. Ah. Oh. So, well, that yeah.
2: what well, I mean, I guess.
1: I know I guess
2: what you mean. If that's, if that's what it takes to do the job. What are that's you going right. to do? That's you right. Know? Exactly. No choice. <laughs> and it's exactly the same. And that that answers the question within itself. What choice do I have when somebody wants to bail? Yeah. They're gonna bail. You yeah. know, again, it's like things change. People, um, people's goals change. What they, you know, they may have got in my band expecting something they didn't get. It's hard to say, but all I could say is this: once you're gone, you're gone. You know what I mean? Like they're not coming back. <laughs> right, right. To me, yeah. it's like alright, you guys are leaving me, I gotta start training new people. Once that, once that new person has sat down with me, and learned something, and I'm teaching them, they're my guy now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and you're upfront
1: about it, and, you know, you're you're laser-focused, and, I mean, that's, that's the best way to be about it, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, and again, it's like, no hard feelings for these dudes, even though some of it was, like, shit. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm sure they have their opinion of of me, too. You know, it's like whatever that might be, um, good or bad. But at the end of the day, I took them all to Europe twice, took them to a bunch of festivals. I paid for all of it and paid them. So, to me, that's not a bad gig. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, you get to go to Europe and get paid? Fuck yeah, cool. Sign me up. I would go right now. <laughs> yeah, same here. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> i'm I'm ready to go like, <laughs> Tickets ticket to Europe and you're paying me to play guitar <laughs> what i do what i the things I do best like sign me up for the fucking task yeah. <laughs> but you know that's that's just kinda how things you know i didn't I didn't think it was gonna be a um, um that soon because I thought everything was kinda going on the up and up. And more money coming in for everybody to get paid, and all that. But I guess it wasn't enough to keep everybody around. I think there's other things that that come into play. Like I said, the creative side of maybe they want to do something on their own. They have their own sound, or they see how I do it, and they're like, "Well, this is easy." <laughs> you know, it's like this is what Trevor does. All he does is he just sit there and plays and write songs, for them, puts them on the internet. There's a pre-sale and the albums out. But it's a lot harder than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you we're... know, it it might seem the it might the formula might seem easy but to to get it out and get people to hear it, that's a whole other fucking ballgame, man. You got to you got to convince people that you're you're good. And that's hard. Right. You're like, "Here, listen to my shit." You know how many people fucking send me shit? Listen to my shit. Listen to my shit. And I have this, like, tiny-ass record label. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I cannot take on anybody's band. Like, it's impossible. You know, I've tried, but it's like, holy shit, you know? It's like, I gotta actually promote your guys' shit and mine at the same time? You know? It's like, it's kind of perplexing. I don't know how people like Fat Mike do it. They probably have hired people or or something. Hold on a second. I got I'm gonna find my wife, dude. I've been literally like carrying my kid halfway down the fucking block. Wow. Holy shit! And talk and doing an interview. I think I should get extra credit points for <laughs> yeah. I had a stroller yes. carrying my kid. And do an interview at the same time. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. you know, people are like, how do you get all this shit done? I'm the fucking supreme multi pastor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I can do... And that's how life is. If you can't be... If you're not up for the fucking challenges that are going to be there in the music world, <sighs> especially if you're a guitar-oriented band, because let's face it, guitar-oriented music is not exactly like... The world's favorite thing, right? I'm here. Yeah. We're on a walk. Um, but anyway, okay. Now I'm I'm relieved of that command. Jesus, <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> that was that was a. I mean, dude, my left arm just got like three inches bigger right now. <laughs> <sighs> but the... that's how it goes, man. That's how it goes. Um, I don't even know. I don't even want to know what kind of day my wife has. I can only imagine first days anything new. She's been teaching for a long time, but, like, the way they're doing it, she has to be on camera for the kids that aren't in school. And, oh, like, she, apparently she couldn't even move today. She had like, sit in the same spot. It's like, what? And then there was some feedback is what, what I heard earlier. I don't know how the rest of your day went on. But, yeah, so I don't know. But I still don't have a bass player. You know what we've done is I've hooked up my computer to my bass amp. And our set literally is like, the bass just plays. We have, like my drummer wears in-air monitors, so he has to click track going. So we just start, you know, this when to start the song. And you basically just press space bar, and then we have bass. <laughs> That's been how we've been doing it right now. But we have to, we have to be sharp. I don't know that many bands are practicing right now. I've talked to a lot of bands, and nobody's really rehearsing. You know, I've been rehearsing for like the last three months because I was like, well... All of your, all the bands that are bands have bands. I have to put together a band of new people, learn new material, and um, and feel everybody out. You know, it's kind of an awkward thing. But now that I've done it, I'm like, okay, well, it could be done repeatedly if if it's going to be something that I have to deal with in the future, which I might. I mean, again, I have I have big goals for myself twenty album goal. Um, that's a lot and. Uh, <laughs> And I, I want that all done by the time i'm forty seven which is which is crazy within its own rights, so that's in seven years, but I think with the output that I already have, it could be done and and then i'm going then I want to sit back I want to be producer man, I want to produce bands and get younger bands going. You know what I mean like everything at a different angle they still do records and stuff here and there, but like I'm going to go hard until I reach that goal, and I want all the albums good. That's that's the hard. That's going to be the hard part.
0: All of them have to be good. Is that so? You want to? No. You have a twenty album goal just with Hunt? Is what you are saying? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. At the, at the rate you are going, you're you're on the way. <laughs> I'm on the way, um,
2: but you know, it's to keep the momentum higher each time I do a record. It's like has to be better. That's a big task. Yeah. You know because. I'm going to have to do some experimentation within it, yet keep it the same. You know what I mean? Keep the core elements there, but work around it. Find new ways of, of, you know, intros, outros, things of that nature, maybe some structuring things. It's usually just small stuff. Little subtle changes really make a vast impact, I feel. Like when I introduce keyboards into it, I felt like all of a sudden it like, it's like, okay, now here's harm, Yeah. Right. You know, it's like it added this element that really made it its own. And then I wrote it as well. So it's kind of made it even better. You know, it's like, oh wait, I could actually like, you know, have an album. I could have literally like one of these days, it's going to happen. I'm going to remove all the guitar. And then there's a synth album. Hey, it, it's, it's genius. It really yeah. is. It's like, you guys think you're getting 20 albums? You're getting 40. You didn't <laughs> even know. <laughs> you know, it's like
3: there's I'm, a whole
2: yeah. other there's a whole other world to it. That's like okay. And I was also um, really thinking about you know dropping instrumental record. Um, not not instrumental as as the sense of uh, the the album has no vocals, but take the vocals off and have it online for people to do karaoke to that's awesome or whatever like they could like they get they could just put it on with their trunk with their friends and you don't you like you know you could have a battle or whatever the fuck but and you, you know, know they're gonna film age, all that and put it online and spread it I, around what, even
1: more yeah,
2: dude it, it's brilliant and, yeah. and realistically this day and age if everybody doesn't know how interactive i am with everybody like i have a fan club now and and I just really, you know, actually I've been putting all my focus into the fan club because on, on social media, because it's the first time that I haven't had to deal with algorithms. Right. I don't know if you guys deal with algorithms, but I hate them. Yeah. it's with a passion.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and we, we really enjoy the Facebook fan group. That was one of our questions. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's, it's, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. People are like hella talking and like giddy there's like a community. And that's kind of was like, I, I, you know, when it it was mainly initially was going to be a seven inch, a a monthly seven inch, or like a, I'm sorry, like a bi-monthly seven inch club. And then I realized like, I, like I started doing it and then I had, then I wrote an album. I was like, I can't do seven inches. I could write albums in a week. Why would I do a seven inch? So I told everybody, I was like, that's out. But, um, my friend Martin, um, from Czech Republic, He he went online and started the group and he was just like, Hey, just be over here and, and talk with everybody and, and it'll be cool and I just start doing that and the more I start doing it, the more I realize that like Facebook sucks for bands on their when if you have Facebook pages. It's like yeah. every time I post something, I don't even know how it's gonna be engaged because certain things I feel like if I post a link to somebody's website, I get nothing like, like barely anything. I post a picture that I have a new album coming out. It has like 700 fucking, you know, way more likes, like, like way more. I'm like, well, how is this all different? Like what? People aren't seeing certain shit. Like they have to click it. Like there's so many clicks that have to happen before anybody fucking cares. Like what's the deal? You know what I mean? And uh, having the, fan club page bypasses all of that you know and also it's just it's just a way where people can talk ask me questions and things we're trying we are trying to set up some sort of live streaming thing where we play play live for my studio we haven't quite figured that out yet because there's still just so much to tackle the lack of bass player um I'm, i've been able to finally incorporate cheese in my set because i just have its drummer now that's capable of um, playing with in-ear monitoring with the click track and um, we're able to have the keyboards back. Cause I mean, you wouldn't even want to know how hard it is to find a keyboard player in Fresno period, <laughs> let alone one that plays heavy metal and then one whose job lets him leave two or three months out of the year to go tour. It's like, it sounds like a fucking unicorn, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm looking for the fucking unicorn right now. And it's just like, so and, and I felt like it was such a big part of what I've been doing. I've incorporated it into everything. And I can't even listen to it without keys anymore. It's like when I listen to Burst or Icarus, I'm like, yep, I should have done keys on those. It would sound way better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like, why wasn't I prepared to make that, like, um, leap into um, synth? um But... The good thing is I might be one of the first ones to really do it in the in the awesome scene. Um, hopefully. Um, we'll probably see more people incorporating keys in it because of haunt, you know. It really works, man. Like it really I, I like putting it in there. It adds low end, it adds some character and you could do you know, you have some now you have like soundscape, you know, that's not just guitar.
0: Yeah, it broadens the song
2: yeah i i I don't know what you guys think, but I think it was like a wise decision to for me to when I stumbled on it I was like,' done this oh, was great
1: yeah I mean and I know me and Trent talked about this you know when you first started doing it it it's a definite you notice it right off the bat and it just adds so much and you know especially with beautiful distraction the new one I mean it's just like it was like you guys took it up another level or you took it up another level. Oh
2: yeah I definitely I think some of it though too has to do with me doing the whole album alone now like right. before I let people in, they weren't necessarily like really that involved in the process, but there was time spent where I had to teach they they had to learn it or whatever things were you know um time was time was spent with other people. Now there was no time spent with other people. So it really gave me the time to focus on getting it done, i.e. flashback. I got that whole thing basically written and recorded in like six weeks. It was like, I was was really happy with how that one came out as well. But I knew after I did that one, I was like, all right, I got some more new new audio equipment for my studio. And I used the re-recordings of Luminous Eyes and Mosaic Vision on one record and tuned it to what I tuned to now see and added some synth and stuff to it to really kind of experiment with what I had just got, make sure, like, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start recording with this rig. I need, to, I need to learn it before I do my next record. And so uh, Flashback gave me the finances to be able to get the stuff I needed. I mean, having a studio is expensive. I mean, I'm not even going to try to, like, not, not everybody has what I have. It's pretty obvious. You know, like, you could come into my studio and have all the mics, I have preamps, all the name brand shit that you would see in a recording studio, minus the nice space. I mean, I have, like, a fucking, you know, basic room. It's not fancy. I don't need that, though, you know? Right. Like, that just adds to the, the glamour of the aesthetic of the places, usually. Like, I just need a place where I can play, you know? I don't give a fuck what it looks like to be in... You know, whatever. You could have pictures of instant all over the wall, and it's still be like, oh, thank God I have my own place just to sit here and <laughs> noodle out ideas. Like, I'm gonna get them out, but I really tried a lot of to do some distinction. Really, like I took more time doing the drums, um, um especially with how I did the pre-production work of it, um, really learning the songs, listening to them back, and then. It was really quick. I did Beautiful Distraction, and even, like, last time, it only took me four weeks to actually, like, get it pretty much done. It took a little bit longer to mix, and I actually sat on it for a while because um, I just didn't really know what to do with it at that time. I was like, I just put Flashback out. Give it a little breathing time, and then I also, um, you know, wanted to spend a little bit more time with the vocals, which ended up not taking as long, but I wanted to step it up there because that seems to be one area that I still get some criticism is my voice and I'm just like, sorry I don't sound like fucking Bruce Dickinson, but guess what? (laughs) I have to also write this shit to be able to play guitar at the same time because what is haunt without me playing the guitar? I've tried, I've thought about not playing guitar and every time I do, I'm like, well, the guitar is me. It's like part of what i do like if you i feel like if you go see a haunt show and like you have two guitar players up there and i'm just singing like that they're just playing covers at that point they're not going to have the same passion as i do when i play the guitar right. so there's that you know and i think people um don't tend you know like everything is calculated it's like i do things very formulaic. I, I don't give a fuck. Anybody ever said I was formulaic? I'd be like, yeah, the fuck do you think music really is? Like, I mean, it's all a formula. It's all mathematical at all. You have a circle of fits. You have all these rules that, and all these things that you follow as a musician, you have time signatures, all of it. It is all a formula. So I could argue with people about formulaic all day because it's just how it is, period. You could be experimental, but guess what you are when you're experimental? A lot of people don't listen to your shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what happens when you're experimental. It's like now you gotta fucking somehow fuck. I don't like experimental music. I'll be honest with you. Like I do not like it. Like it doesn't like I, I hear noise. I, I wanna I wanna have a good time. And I think formula may if there's an F in formula and there's an F in fun. So, I mean, those two things, like, do you want to sit there and have to remember some hard ass lyrics? some like fucking long ass shit. Or you want to remember three words that you could scream and you could be drunk or whatever it is that you do. And it's not that complicated. Cause I'll see motherfuckers out in the crowd trying to mouth the words drunk sometimes. And you know, I'm sober as shit when it comes to the booze. I don't, I don't ever touch liquor. So I see these people. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker is just trying to sing along. He's trying to have a good time. I'm glad he made this music for him. <laughs> you know? Like, this this chorus repeats itself. Like, there is nothing too staggeringly uh, um, experimental or or compl- complex about it. And, and that's, what, again, I, I put myself in another uh, challenge of, um, you know, moving on with the newer records, like, I'm going to have to always try to outdo myself in a little way. And I think the way to really do that, from from my experience, is just keep trying to get better at what I do. You know what I mean? Like, the vocals get stronger, because I figure out a way to, like, make them sound better. Or my guitar playing has got tighter or just, you know, I'm thinking of new rhythms or new bridges, or new intros, something that's not as, is I haven't used it as much, you know? And you could probably listen to the records. You could hear, you're going to hear big differences, Burst in the Flame to Icarus. They're, they're, you know, it started getting a little faster in Icarus. Um, and then, you know, you get to Mind Freeze where I feel like that's where I really kind of figured everything out since it's from the synth to the dance rock songs. Like, you know, like the mind three, do bop do ba that kind of shit. And then I got my like mid tempo and then I got like my thrash. So you get a little bit of everything. And I I've had some criticisms about like some people or you know, some critics have said, um, I like the arena rock shit. This fast shit is like, no, you know, but then I got people fucking, it's like too, it's too all over the place. Like a lot of people just like the fashion. Like, oh, I all the fucking fashion shit's the best. And it's like, well, I like doing it all because I don't really feel like I need to be the type of uh, project where I need to worry about um, uh, what I want to write. That was part of my role with haunt when I left, when I started working on it instead of Beastmaker was like, whatever you write is what you're going to put on haunt that's what haunt's going to be whatever you feel don't be afraid just put yourself out there always like don't shy away from something from being too poppy because i mean literally i think beautiful distraction the song is incredibly like a pop number it's like happy it's like it, it doesn't you know it's da 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 you know it's not it's not crazy anything it's very pop um it's always risky to put out shit like that i think somebody on the new wave of traditional heavy metal YouTube tape like the fuck they're like they said something that like 90s alt rock but i was like name that 90s alt rock bands so like go check them out because like, like, <laughs> yeah. you know i was like they they got shredding guitar solos i'm I'm really listening that's that's one thing i felt it was like missing with a lot of people, a lot of uh pop music for me as a guitar player is like the lack of actual guitar playing. Yeah. You know? It's like you got two guitar players and one guy does barely something different and then you got no fucking leads. Like, what is this? So, I mean I and again, I think a lot of people just don't know shit from Kainola. so <laughs> um, you know, you always gotta take music opinions very loosely, you know. And I've gotten to learn that over the course of my six years as a, I, I would I would only call myself a, a professional for my last six years of my life because that's when I started Beastmaker and that's when things you know I've been touring and doing you know getting press, people seem to give a fuck. Before that, nobody gave a fuck, and I wasn't really singing in bands anyway back then, so it wasn't really a good. There was no good interpretation of what Trevor Church was even all about yet. You know what I mean? Nobody heard Trevor Church until they heard me sing, you know, that is that was the beginning of my career. And and since then, you know, a lot of development, you know, there's a lot of a lot of changes and a lot of goals and a lot of weird ideas of things, you know.
0: So what you're saying is you weren't purposely trying to sound like Blink-182?
2: I like (laughs) Blink-182 personally.
0: I saw that comment the other day that someone had made.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, um, it, it, to me, that's not even an insult. It's actually a compliment, because a guy like me, I'm not your average metalhead either, because I listen to a lot of different types of music, and the last thing I wanted to do is sound like everybody else. Right. You know, and to, to incorporate other types of music into my music, and realistically, if you really think about I, I could, I'll i give you an example right now. A Blink-182 song, like, uh, I can't even think of song names of theirs, but um, whatever that fucking song is.
0: Damn it. Um,
2: damn it. And that's, that's a good album. I think that's the Enema of the State album, is it?
0: I think. Or am I, I, I kind of know a few of their singles, but I don't really know full albums.
2: Okay. Well, um, Anyway, you could find that same lick on the Thin Lizzy record. Yeah, like yeah. cowboy song, it's like kind of the same. It's way cooler. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let Blink 182 have that win. But what I'm getting <laughs> at is like a lot of melodies are the same. Right. Right. And people, um, oh, uh, people. There's a lot of gatekeeper types and people that really want to be opinionated about certain things that, you know, they may not really think as critically as I do, you know, they're not thinking like, okay, well, what exactly is a metal song? You know, what makes a song metal exactly? Or what makes a person metal? Uh, Iron Maiden patch and Judas Priest patch? I don't know. You know, it's hard to really say what really that is, but one thing that I, the one thing that I consider heavy metal lead guitar solos i feel like that defined heavy metal music right it really did it like it was the big difference between rock and what what, what people were doing you know before black sabbath <laughs> really you yeah. know what i mean it's like yeah, it go listen to that listen to their leads and then go listen to tony Iommi. yeah right you know, it really was the beginning of... I mean, you had Hendrix and shit, I mean, before Iommi. And he brought... He, I, he could have been the first heavy metal guitar player, really. Like, you could put that shit, but it was bluesy. But you put that heavy riff over it, all of a sudden now it's like... You have like a genre of guitar guitar genre. And it's kind of weird because, you know, we we live in a time where guitar-oriented music is pretty much dead from top 40 music, unless it's country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know but at, at that time this shit was cutting edge man and people guitar oriented music was very 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 popular everybody wanted to be the lead guitar player and I feel that really defines heavy metal in a sense because when you start getting more punk what happens the solo gets removed yeah. or if there is a solo it's really basic and it's really short yeah. it doesn't shine you have no shiny lead guitar player and then, you know, you evolve more into the, all the, then you get, you know, the grunge movement where you have a solo, but it's like so easy, right? Like yeah. it's too easy. You could literally be a beginner and play the solo of Nirvana. Right. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna put you like, but hey, but try this, try being a beginner guitar player and learning the solo to master puppets. It's not happening.
3: Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? Those that So that is, for me, what really makes heavy metal heavy metal. So, um, the, you know, that and, and also the energy and the attitude, right? But there's there's a lot of things that go into it. But when you talk about somebody being like, oh, that sounds like Blink-22, I'm like, those motherfuckers could never play this song. It's impossible for them. It would be like, they would have to go back to the drawing board to even try to play even the, the intro, like the intro riff is too complicated for them. Cause it has more than like, it has like 20 notes and then you actually have to do arpeggios, and I, and it's like, it, it could get really complicated. So, you know, I, I look at it though, as bling 22. It's funny that we're talking about bling 22 of all things, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them, but it's not like I sit here and listen to them. Um, they're, they are very successful band. They wrote songs that, you, they're they're in your head whether you like it or not. Yeah. So ev- everybody has heard a Blink One Eighty Two song and can probably hum it. And to me, that is something to be said. No matter what, no matter what. So the gatekeepers and all those people—they can really just kind of go fuck themselves because this is like, dudes, if you're that close-minded in music and you can't like, you can't be. I don't know. Again, it's like one of those things you have, if you can't be honest with who you are, then you're just a poser. You like, be honest, be like, yeah, I fucking like blink cares. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, fuck do you care? Does that make me less cool than you? (laughs) No, it doesn't. So, um, again, so you, you kind of have to learn. And I think something that's what learned, I've learned through my career is like how to take criticisms and, you know, because maybe somebody said that back in, back when I had first started. I might have been, like, really concerned. But as you go on, you're like, well, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, damn it. Like, whatever that that song, damn it. Like, I wish I wrote that fucking rip lick because I can hum it to you right now and I haven't heard the song in fucking 15 years. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, and I couldn't do that
2: for a lot of bands. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they wrote something memorable, and so you you take the, you take people's insults as positive things. You know, you, I always say it's better to be written about than not to be written about. Absolutely. Better, you know, always like you caught their attention, even if it was in a negative way. Yeah, definitely. they might talk to you like, "Oh, that band haunts. They're so fucking overrated," or whatever. You know, people, you know how people are out there. You're always going to get that, doesn't matter who you are. It's like every band gets that shit. And um, it's just, you know, you guys ought to go on
1: eh, there. Maybe we
2: are. Maybe we are. But we're here. That's I'm why. here.
1: You know, going, going back to solos, kind of, Um, the, the solos on this record are insane. And, uh, you know, I know you had a guy come in and, and, and do them, uh, most of them. And I just kind of wanted to hear he more about a-
2: that. He did he did more stuff. He he did it remotely. So okay. um he sent me the tracks Dry, Dry Signal, and I just reamped them through an amp and put some effects on it and shit and kinda tailored it to the sound that I had going on. Um his name's Philly Bibiano. He plays guitar in a band called Fortress and if anybody has been following Hot, knows that I did a split seven inch with them. And, um, I've been kind of, you know, I've recorded, I recorded the drums for their daily record that's supposed to be coming out at some point in time, but I've worked with him a lot in, you know, in his band. And I realized one of the, the really key things to the future for me something that I could look forward to is how like, I have a lot of friends that are really great guitar players. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It'd be cool. Just like, even if you can't be in the band, like, why not just play solo? you know write a cool solo here because i do like that i like the idea of key lead guitars that's always been kind of the key to what i do is because there's dual guitar riffs all the time there's like it's just part of the sound so i had to find somebody that first that i already knew felt comfortable with and liked and somebody that like knows me well enough to you know even though i know there's a lot of people that probably that could say that about me because i'm really outgoing in that light of, you know, being friendly and whatnot. Um, Philly is just a good guitar player, good guy. We get along splendidly and he crushed it. <clears throat> I gave him a couple, you know, a couple of them didn't make the cut and I had to, I made him go back and redo him. But um, other than that, the dude is flawless. Like he really added a lot in his, I'm going to kind of miss him on this next one. I might have him do one solo, but um, he fucking nailed it, man. I think that he he and I together really did some some wonders
1: for this record. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah.
2: It definitely stepped it up a lot. Like, if you go back and you listen to Flashback, there's some alright stuff, and John did a couple solos on that one and they were okay. But I mean, when I heard Philly's solos, I was just like, dude, what the fuck? This guy's a monster. You know, I was just like, I had to step it up. You know what I mean? It's right. like, I had to ramp up my game. I started hearing his shit and I'm like, Oh shit, Tripp, go back, <laughs> go back and redo that one. You know what I mean? It's like, it put me, put me to the, put me in the hot seat for a second where it's like, Oh man, dude's, but again, you know, one of those things, it's like, you know, I started doing the record and, you know, he came in, he was the first person I thought of, I was, it was the first dude, I was like, you know what, dude, this guy, he writes kind of Aussie-ish style songs, and I'm definitely a huge Aussie um, person, and I was just like, me, me and this guy are, are ma- I, w- I wish he lived nearby. If he lived in Fresno, he would be the guitar player. That's right. just obvious, like, there, he probably would say the same, he I don't see why he wouldn't, but he lives in, in, you know, South Southern California, which is like four hours away. He yeah. can't be in the band. You know what I mean? Like I have to rehearse, like, or, you know, I'm trained. I look at, I look at touring and playing. as like, I'm, I'm going, I'm training for the Olympics. I'm not trying to just like get together for a week before a tour and like, just try to hash it out. It's like, fuck no, I need to be like, I want my, you know, I'm I'm going to like, all the people I interact with online, it's like, I'm it's game day. I need to be fucking Jose Canseco today and hit a fucking homer. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, I don't want to be some fucking like lazy, like musician. That's not really, you know, taking it to the next level. And that's the other thing, you know, when you got a 20 album goal, taking it to the next level is what it takes to get that. I can't even name a band that has 20 albums.
0: Yeah. Outside can you think of to one. one off the top of your head? Maybe Iron Maiden. I know, like, ACDC, but even that, it's like their yeah, last like one came out, people. like, eight years you to after to talk the one. About four,
2: if
1: you want to talk about Formulae, <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. could I, I, <laughs> I saw a thing. Cheap Trick just released. That. I think it was their 19th or 20th.
2: And look how long they've been around.
1: Right, right, right. I'm so, trying so to you,
2: do this shit by, like, in seven years. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> you, Way Maybe that's game. better.
2: Maybe it's better when you don't have time in between. That's what I keep telling everybody. It's like, I'm inspired right now. Why stop? Yeah. You know, I feel like the second that I, like, take a break, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I won't have it anymore. What? Seriously, look at Metallica, for fuck's sake. Take, like, four out four years to do a record, and then you come out with load. And I know that some people like that shit, but I don't. <laughs> yeah sounds good it's a really good sounding album i will give them that they have killer guitar tone on that record and james he he's real clear on that one like it is he's a good he's there's good stuff but it's just not i don't know it's the style like they changed they changed with the fashion they were trying to make a fashion statement yeah it took and me a while they never got back it took they me a while to back. get into they that album.
0: They tried to get it
2: back. They, they, they tried, yes. Did you like Load, or were you like, eh? I
0: didn't like it when it came out, but I like it now. But Jason, okay. that's his band, and so he was, he's was. he got a different
1: opinion I mean, that. I, <laughs> I, I like Load. I think Reload was the one that, like, I don't know. There's maybe three or four good songs, but that's kind of where they, for me, I get it. They want to do something different, you know, sometimes Back then, bands had to do that to stay alive. I don't know. That's a whole other. Well, the first time
2: I saw the picture of Kurt Hammett with Lars Ulrich wearing eyeliner, right. hugging each other,
1: <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of like, "What the fuck is yes. going on?" Like, that that, that was, was like, more jarring than the music. <laughs> I was. I mean, it was. Yeah, I was like, "What is going?
2: What right. happened to their long hair?" Feet, man, and like, I'm like, what is going on here? And they went straight like corn. You know, right, I don't know. Right, like it was right. just, but but again again it wasn't like they they're so amazing i mean you look at their their first records and shit and just how fucking phenomenal it doesn't matter that they sucked after that i actually care less because i got what i got what i wanted out of metallica i feel you know what i mean yeah like they gave me a lot right and just because, but it was just like one of those things again. If we're just talking about the break, you know, like four years between the record. Mm-hmm. and you know, you come back and it's like, what is this shit? Right. I thought heavy metal died. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> Load when Load came out, I was like, well, heavy metal no more. Like, see you later. What is now? What you know? It was like now. What it was because I'm I'm going to be forty this year, so I was I was a teenager during these times. And I remember like, all right, well at least I got Megadeth still. And then Megadeth put out fucking wrists oh, around Like, <laughs> oh God. I'm like I'm just like, What? These bands suck and then it really you know there was only a couple um there was only a couple metal bands that really had caught me and, and they even saw Sepultura. I was a huge Sepultura fan. And then they got to Roots and I was just like, I don't like this either. Yeah you know I, I just wasn't feeling it um and then so after that after you know uh the only other band and they kind of always just stayed really true to forms obituary yeah. like i feel like they've never changed ever like they are obituary <laughs> you know what i mean it's like right, right. yeah the yeah. vocals have been the same forever they're because they've always been one of those metal bands that I always liked all the way through. They never disappointed me, but that wasn't enough to keep me interested. I got really into punk after um, Metallica started sucking. I called their suck era because it was just like, I didn't even care anymore. I was just like, what am I going to do with this shit? You know. And then when they did Sing Anger, I was just like, hmm. they really, when
1: they saw the video, I was like, what is this? Yeah, that's really the, that was really the unlistenable one. (laughs) It is, it is intolerable. Like
2: it is, and it, and it actually, I believe it went platinum. So congratulations to Metallica. You could literally (laughs) put out a turd and have a platinum record for it. Not only sonically, not only sonically, is it one of the worst sounding things I ever heard? The music's terrible on top of it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm went sure, platinum. I
1: would agree with you on that. I will. I will.
2: Okay. But Metallica is the greatest band that ever walked the face Earth. <laughs> exactly. So we can definitely all probably agree there that they are, no matter what, you can't help but love them. Yes. No matter what. Like, I love James Hatfield. Like, he is an idol to me like no other. But do I wish he grew his hair back? I have a fucking theory, man. James grew his hair back out and didn't let bars write any lyrics. We would have a good Metallica album. There
1: you go. There you go. I'm all for it.
2: And get rid of that fucking goddamn shitty guitar. Go get his old fucking Gibson back. (laughs) Yes. Stop playing playing new guitars. Play your fucking beater. (laughs) You know, I think... I think you gotta be a little rugged sometimes. It's like, it's cool to have new shit, but beat it up for a little bit. Get it right. road fucking worn. There you go. Don't there change go. a new guitar, new guitar, new shiny guitar all the time, man. You have gotta be a little bit. Metallica was poor, like, they're, you know, part of their fucking class back in the days. They didn't give a fuck and they looked terrible. <laughs> You know, James' shoes by Master of... You know, I think he wore the same shoes from Kill 'Em All the Master of Puppets
3: yeah, before he actually them. got a new
2: pair of shoes. And it's <laughs> like, he just, that's, that was like the speed. it was like, all right, I dig that. I dug that about them. And I feel like music needs that a little bit. You know, when you get too glam, it really like... The music could suffer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I agree. I think... There's something to be said for the the rawness of it, kind of the more organic approach.
2: You it, you have to be living it. If you're
1: not, if you're
2: not living it, you're not fucking there, man. Like, you kind of have to have that. Like, you kind of have to have that shitty pair of shoes to really be, <laughs> you know, put your. You can't be laced up in Tommy Hilfiger and shopping on Rodeo Boulevard right. and be like, yeah, man, I'm fucking thrash metal, bro. it's it's it's, it's just no man i mean yeah yeah but no all in the same it's like you have to find the in between you have to be like all right hey wife i don't know james wife's name but hey i'm gonna go live in this shitty house for a little bit i'm gonna write some songs and just it's there's just gonna be pizza boxes everywhere and i'm just gonna get on a mission and write like a killer record i think they're too comfortable you know and i don't want and i don't mean that in any negative ways. i think they're they're again, like they're a big inspiration to me, so I don't want anybody taking it the wrong way. It's just a it's just a per it's just perspective of uh, years of studying them. You know, I, I studied Metallica religiously. I think most heavy metal people probably was their first band they ever heard that was heavy metal, you know what I mean? Who knows? Like I, I don't I'm I'm getting a little up there, but for a lot of people Metallica might have been the first, you know? Um I definitely it definitely changed my perspective and you probably don't no nobody will probably really hear any Metallica influence in my music that much but it really um, it got me into lead guitar playing and stuff so um, definitely there is an an influence to it it just doesn't I I think I feel like they're too hard of a band to to kind of copy as well like you can't really copy Metallica yeah. so it's hard to be like, all right, we're going to have a band like Metallica. Like, you, you just can't, it's not possible. Right. So, you know, it's better just to have, you know, your own thing. And, you know, that's where we usually as musicians, we, 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 we come to a narrow crossing where it's like, well, what do I have? Like, where, what, what's my sound going to be? You know, like that's a tough one to find your sound. I mean, I was about it for a minute. How do you, how does a band, find their sound they just go well we like all these bands that's generally the beginning of it you know it's like these are the bands we like this is what we're going to sound like but does anybody ever go well what can i i want to i don't want to be like these bands i know there's people like that because that's how things are born and um you know for me it was a, a, you know i don't really think that there's a lot of bands that sound like punk per se um what do you guys think? I'm, I want your opinion now. I'm putting, I'm my, I'm interviewing you guys now.
1: <laughs> um, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I mean that, and I think that's why I, you know, when I first heard you guys, I, I kind of glommed on so quick is cause it was, it filled some kind of void. Um, it, you know, I, 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 I can't, I'm, I'm not good. I'm not a good descriptive person, but the best way I can put it is it, it filled some kind of void that I was, I was missing. And, um, and then to kind of go back to what we were talking about a little bit ago is flashback and mind freeze came along with kind of the synth and the, the fuller sound. It, it really, it, it it was like, it really came in vivid color. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my take on, on haunt. Well, that,
2: that kind of, you know, so, with that being said, it's like you're there is there there are bands that are similar. You know, I've been you know, um, Cauldron being one of them. But even though I think there is a lot of differences uh, between the two, we definitely I definitely incorporate way more thrash in my stuff than they do. Um, I, I, that might be a California thing, you know, because like that beat, that is like. Right, right. That I, I almost am I'm almost a believer that might have been invented in California at this point yeah. you know I, 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 right. I, I don't know I could be mistaken but I mean it wasn't really super prevalent in new wave or British heavy metal music that I can think of off the top of my head yeah. maybe Death Leopard, maybe but not at that speed I think it is very California it's very thrash very punk and I'm talking like that Venice Beach punk, that Southern California punk yeah. um, that I grew up around and listening to. So it's really important for me to keep my heritage of music close, even though, you know, Aussie influence of the, in the British influence is big. But right. I think rhythmically, I kind of adapt to that skate culture. And I think that's what really, you know, separates me from a lot is that it's just enough different to really go, well, this dude kind of figure out his own sound. And people have been saying that lately. And that's why I say that um, because it's not just my, pers- my, my um, outlook on it, but it seems like everybody else's was like, it's starting to have this distinguishable sound of like, when you hear it, you go, that's haunt. You yes, can you tell, can. you know, um, and there's bands out there. You can't tell who they are. You're like, it's kind of sound like Iron Maiden, but it isn't. Or, you know you go down the list of of what it is and then i also don't you know i i one big rule i had of myself just, just to really try to write like lyrics that are relatable in ways that are not fantasy driven uh or stories just things that happen in life and i think uh that is a huge that's a challenge too to write like that oh my god i mean sometimes i'm just like well what's what what else is there to dig into and then and then shit this always happens like this last year i got fucking audited by the irs and then i got my identity stolen and they got fucking bunch of i had to pay a bunch of money for some shit it's just like insane like you know i'm like well there's some new life <laughs> you yeah, know there you like holy shit you well, know I it's like that. i thought things i thought well i mean i'm not gonna write about it but it gives me <laughs> something to It feels. If you like, what do you say there? Fuck the IRS. I mean, like, that's yeah. really, I mean, even, even though it wasn't that big of a deal, it was just like more of a burden because you have to like put, I had to put together like two years of paperwork, go through like three interviews with this woman. It was just like so stressful all while doing Beautiful Distractions. It was great. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm, I'm getting ready to put out an album and I'm fucking being audited right now. Like, why? Like, what's... Can't you wait a month? You know what I mean. We like, <laughs> right. I mean, postpone till fucking I'm mean, like life is normal, but it hit me with a ton of bricks, and that's usually how these things happen. And they always get me. Um, my I'm working on a new album now. Of course, I mean <laughs> you should almost assume that if I put out an album, I already have the next one done, right? Because right. that's kind of how it goes. But I was I've been working on that one and. You know, it, and some of it definitely, um, it, I, I tapped that thing. It's weird. It's weird how that works It's like, you think you might run dry lyrically. I'll run dry lyrically before I run dry at risk. I can tell you that right now. It's fucking hundred percent fucking definite it's harder to write lyrics than it is the right risk.
0: Is that, is it's, this new have, one something you you're you doing entirely? You're, are you playing everything yourself on this new one as well? Yeah, um
2: that's, that's gonna that's gonna be the format indefinitely. Okay. I'm never going back.
1: Gotcha. Yeah,
2: that's done. It's done. There's no way. It's just it doesn't make sense because with how many records I want to do, I don't want to have to teach a band an entire album to play two songs from it. Right. Well that's... Because I mean I'm already I'm already trying to figure out how the sets are gonna be now. Because part of me I wanna leave like what we well, we already toured Burst in the Flame, we've already toured Icarus, we've already toured mind freeze but we never really played a lot off of mind freeze and i never got to play it with keys either and that that's a whole other story that mind freeze tour i was really every yeah, i might have looked happy but I, inside i was i had a huge gaping hole that was just just eating away at me i'm like i want fucking keyboards on this this does not feel right i wrote it with keyboards and i don't have so i was really feeling like a little bit like there's some insecurity live. There's some, a lot of things that were going and I tried to get everybody to do what I wanted to. And it just wasn't working. Try to have backing tracks. It was just fucking fiasco. But like, you know, it's like for me, I'm like, well, yeah, I love the songs off first in the flame, but I want to play new shit. Like I'm, I played all this stuff. So it's been really hard to kind of like come up with the new set. But it also kinda of feels good because it's like we're doing songs that never you know, I never played live and with new guys, so there's no like old memory of things or anything like, you know, oh it's weird. I used to, have, you know, do this with John or what you know what I mean? Like just those things that, you know, um so it's been a real challenge trying to like figure out like how many songs per album do I actually play? You know, with all things considered it's hard it's like fuck and then i have another album that'll be out in january before the first tour which is in april so i put out three i put out three albums that i couldn't tour i don't care though that's that doesn't that that means nothing to me because again like my goals are just way different because i want i'm trying to like write like i it's more of like i want to write all these albums and grow and get better I want to prove to myself that I can do a lot of records and make them good like I don't want any bullshit shit record like I will not even I it's not even an option for me and I want to see if I can fucking do it and I can tell you right now I get into my 50s and, you know if I do an album a year I'll be like 56 years old I might be too tired by then, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not fucking kidding. I mean, I, yeah. I'm it's a, it's real. I'm 40, and I'm already like, man, you know, it's it's you know, you start to really feel the you know, you know, I've been playing guitar every day for for years, bass, drums. My wrists are fucked, man. Like, I'm it's just how it is. It's like musicians get tennis elbow severely, so. Um, you know, we suffer for the art and, um, you know, there's also, you know, life goes on. There's new, there's new things. Like I want to be a producer. I want to produce bands that play cool shit and keep things alive, you know, like who's the, I want to, I want to discover someone one day, you know what I mean? And be like, check this out. I recorded this shit, right. you know? there's a whole other realm to all this. Like I've been, why have I built like I've been spending all the money that I make and all that shit. I just, I buy studio shit all the time. I'm like, you know, I've already started this fucking process. It's not a glamorous room to come in and it probably never will be. Even if I upgrade, it's still probably going to be a, a cluttered mess. You know what I mean? Cause that's just the way I am. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, I'd love to have some, like, state-of-the-art fucking architecture. You know, everything is beautiful, but I'm just not that guy, I guess.
0: Like, as far as you mentioned with the live stuff, and you're you're wanting to, you know, play newer stuff, and I always appreciate when bands, like, focus on the new album, but at the same time, with at the rate you put out albums and the content you have, there's probably a lot... Like, I've never seen you live, and there's a lot of people that might have seen you once or twice. So how do you... Yeah, how do you weigh that? As far as like, well, these people want to hear a few of these songs from the early that, albums.
2: That's yeah. that's exactly been the been the thing. Is like, which song do we keep? Which songs do we keep in rotation? And how you know? One of the things that I've talked to you with this new live band, which we didn't have with the previous live band, we didn't know all the songs. And one of the things that has been really important now is we're trying to we're trying to know it all trying so and part of that in in doing that at least trying to you find out which ones feel the best live and that's pretty much how i'm going to pick them is by which one has the best feel to it and just always you know there's always room when you're set for your old shit it's just how it is so you know you're always going to get something off burst you might get less off icarus and you're going to get stuff off mind freeze you'll definitely hear mind freeze probably forever you know um that that one i feel has been really uh well recep well received when i played live i'm like wow a lot of people know this song you know and light like the beacon and stuff i mean i don't know i i haven't really quite figured it out yet and it's not really more about like even with the new albums it's more i'm being picky it's like two songs three songs you know so it's not like we're going out there and going to be playing the whole new record it's going to be, a, you know, it's the greatest hits. It's greatest hits up there. And what, and probably what we think is the greatest hits, because we have to play it, so we want to make sure it's like, the songs are coming off strong. We have the vibe. We like it. It's cohesive. It's been a, I'm so short-lived, man. 2018, uh, like three years, maybe, in some change into Haunt. There's still a lot, you know, I still like, we just had this, you know, we practiced today and had a meeting and, you know, we talked about things that need to happen. We got to do photographs because we got, you know, new, like, I hate that like beautiful distractions out and I'm seeing these re recycled pictures from mind freeze of all the old guys and people right. tagging John Taylor and all that. And I'm like, well, that's really incorrect. And it probably makes them feel kind of weird too, yeah. you know? So I'm like, I got like, we got to get on some stuff. We got to get more stuff, more content. We're talking about more music videos. We're trying to figure out a way that maybe we can streamline music videos like how I have with the album, find a place where we could do it and just kind of do the same music video with different shit. Like, I don't know. It's more or less just trying to keep people entertained. Like, I'm not really worried live. Live, I've always had a lot of energy, and, and I always give it my all. So I, I think that area will always be okay. But, I mean, I definitely would like to have, you know, you know. I think with the keys, honestly, I think when people hear, that the, I, I don't really like the idea of playing the backing tracks. Because, you know, obviously, I'd rather have a keyboard player. But like I said, it's like finding a fucking unicorn. <laughs> I've had an ad in Craigslist for fucking two and a half years. you know what I mean it's like I wanted a keyboard player in Beastmaker like I've always wanted a keyboard player you can't find a keyboard you can't it's like it's so fucking rare and especially to find one that plays like like heavy metal Right. you almost would have to train them so I just don't live in the right place for it so um, you have to adapt you know you adapt to the, the situation and I think when people hear haunt with the keyboards, how it's supposed to sound I actually already up the production of the live show right out the gate. Because it's all there now. You know, it's like, when we were playing Light the Beacon without the fucking intro, dang, dang, I hated it. How could you not have the fucking little John Carpenter intro? <laughs> right. You know? It's like, every time we fucking went into it, I was just like, well, that's missing. You know, it's like, at least when, if, if, you know, people know what's going to happen, what they hear, <laughs> you know what I mean? It has so much more energy and more impact. And and so I think it's a good thing. You know, I always look at things like this too. Things happen for a reason. And I know that's, that sounds like a fucking cop-out, but truly I think that the change in tide had to come for me to really have the vision how I wanted. I needed a guy that could play drums to a click live without, you know, complaining or worrying about technology. He has all that. He has the wit to, to get it done. And I have the faith in him for him to do it. You know what I mean? Me trying to teach somebody how to do something that they have to do and then they can't do it makes me really fucking nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, imagine, trying, imagine teaching, like, you say your mom didn't know how to drive a stick shift and you got a fucking brand new Ferrari and you're like, all right, mom first (laughs) gear. She just fucking grinds it. You're just like, Oh shit. You don't want your mom driving your fucking Ferrari. Right. So, so I mean, it was very hard to, and you know, again, that's one of the reasons that Wolfie got let go is because he wasn't really willing to, Learn the technology on his own, leaving me to do it for him. That does him, that does no good for anybody. I can't be the guy that presses play. You feel me? And I don't have the click track in my ear. I have to fucking sing. You think I have the click track in my ear while I'm singing? Right. Like Jesus Christ, man. Give me a fucking break here. That's, you want to talk about annoying? I'd probably kill myself fucking hearing beep, 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 beep. and singing. It's bad enough. The drummer has to do it. But, a good drummer and a professional drummer will do it for the cause, and the cause is to have those keyboards in the goddamn
0: music. <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, really, I mean,
2: it's like, I mean, that would to me that should have been a real fucking easy one to do. You want to stay in my band, learn the fucking technology. You don't want to fucking try. It just shows me the, the work ethic. Like, not we're not on this. We're not cut of the same cloth. Because me, when I don't know how to fucking do something, I learn how to do it. Yeah, I will stay up all goddamn night. I will, I will get myself fucking five nervous breakdowns to get the job done. You know, like that's how. This that's just the type of guy I am, though.
0: Was the is the tour you have uh, that you're booking for next April? Is that in Europe or is that? In America
2: it's, it's gonna be it's just going out to the Hells Heroes Festival in Texas
0: and back home. Okay. Um,
2: going it's just gonna be mainly it's just gonna be mainly West Coast, it's gonna be north and south, but uh southwest. Um, We're but in Right. I Texas, think it's a good that? start. It's a good start because I mean, really, is the world is the world really open to things nothing's normal right now, man. I mean look what just happened in Minnesota again we're like back at square one yeah yeah. I feel like we were just here not even like that long ago and here we are again people just really hate each other and there's a lot of hate and a lot of violence and a lot of animosity which is understandable on all kinds of levels um so, it's it's a really tough thing to really, like, go, oh, yeah, shows are coming back. Everything's going to be fine. Shows are, you know, June 15th, California is open. Mm-hmm. Now, we also have to remember that this is a global pandemic. And just because the United States is seeing a vaccine, if we don't fucking vaccinate the entire globe, we're going to have super variants. We're going to have all these things. And we're going to be back here again. Yeah. So, it's like I I don't know, man. I I I look at it in all kinds of different ways, and um, yeah, we're at the we're at the tail end. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but <clears throat> who fucking knows? And um, I would love to say that we're gonna go go out and do like a full U.S. tour, and I'd planned that actually, and that tour fell through. Um, so that one's out, but it it will be something that will be done. There's no way that um, it's not going to happen. It's just a matter of uh, when. You know what I mean? When is it going to fucking take place? And hopefully soon. I mean, 2022, it seems, you know, sadly, it seems the most realistic. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys say? I mean, like, dude, what what's going on in Oklahoma?
0: Uh, Oklahoma, it's kind of, it's been more open than most states <laughs> for a A bit now. I
2: mean, but yeah, but you guys, how many fucking bands are touring through that you like?
0: Oh, not, I mean, it's happened here or there, like one or two, but not, not at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, yeah, to write home about. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, they're going to open it back up April 30th. uh, But I I think everyone's still going to kind of do their own thing. You know, a lot of people wear masks, a lot of people don't, and... I, think I, don't really play, I don't really
2: want play i don't really want to play super social distance shows to be no, honest i i get that like, totally
1: yeah it, it's kind of weird I, I it has to be
2: and and that's why I'm like more like april twenty twenty two and I still think there will be social distancing yeah. but i think by that time <laughs> nobody's gonna give a fuck about it anymore if things are going correct, yeah if right. the world can go in a straight line. Then I think by April next year, one year from now, a lot of these guidelines will be like yesterday's news. Even if they're still put in place, people are going to be like, "Well, I'm fucking vaccinated. I'm you're vaccinated. You're yeah. everybody's fucking vaccinated. We can stand next to each other. Fuck yeah. it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where that's where we need to get to, and 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 once we're there, then I think like it's going to be a lot more fun. And plus, you know, making people wait is always good too. Right. Yeah, right. The you know, anticipation. It means it means way more you're like, oh shit, haunt's coming through have not been through here in years. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And you might not because I'm I'm not only am I haunt, I'm also Rex's dad. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm not the I'm not that guy. I'm not that fucking rock guy that wants to leave his fucking family behind at all. Like it just really irks me. I'm not gonna be I'm not going to be well when I go on tour. I'm going to tell you right now what I'll be thinking about. Being home is what I'm going to be <laughs> thinking about until I hit the stage. When I hit the stage, it's all about rock and roll. But when I'm just sitting in the van or driving or sitting in my hotel room, I'm be wishing I was at home. You know, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. since I don't party. There's nothing to dull the pain. I'll be really, actually thinking about it. Yeah, you know, like my little dude doesn't have his dad right now, and I'm out here just like. But hopefully one day, you know, what I'll end up doing is I'll be like Eddie Van Halen, I'll fire my bassist, and then have my son come in. <laughs> Bingo. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I'm talking like, if he's ten and he can play my shit, uh, yeah, he's homeschooled now, dude. He's yeah, going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's just go, dude. I'll teach you, we, you know, there's, there's life lessons you learn on the road, and you could be a doctor later in your life, or whatever you want to be, if you don't want to be a musician, but Let's rock out, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, a cool thing that, you know, almost everybody I, doesn't get the chance to do, you know? So. I, there's no way that he's not going to be musical. My whole fucking
2: family is. It's just in our blood. Like, it's just... You, if if you don't play one thing, you're playing the other. Yeah. If you don't play, you sing good. <laughs> that's kind of how the, how the this story goes in my
0: family. You know,
2: so it's kind of a weird thing. So
0: You need to get to a point to where you can record a song that has your son on it when he's old enough and has your dad on it and have three generations. You know,
2: I've been really thinking about my dad a lot lately about getting him on this next one. The problem is, is I just think his arthritis is too bad to play fast anymore. It sounds terrible to laugh about, but (laughs) fuck, dude, he's 75. I don't know if he could do it. Right. I seriously don't know if he's up because I play all the fucking time. He's like, he's going to have to come in up against me right now, even right. though at one time he was one of the greatest in the world. Right. He, now he has to fucking go up against his son that practices every day. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't have severe arthritis either. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Like, he doesn't,
2: dude, It ain't, It ain't. it ain't good for him. But I, you know, I, you know, I want him to be more involved and we've been doing a lot of stuff where, you know, my dad has a book coming out. I, I helped him orchestrate with Martin Popoff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with for that. Yeah. Martin Popoff yes. he's a uh, great writer, journalist uh, for heavy metal music. And um, he's writing my dad's memoir of sorts. And I, I orchestrated the whole thing. I have a big job to do this year with getting all the photos together, getting the, you know, obviously, I'm going to have the art done for the cover, you know, probably haunt style of of, of things, uh, make sure it looks real fucking cool. Um, and, you know, I, I think it would be cool to have my dad in on a song and maybe, you know, I, I really honestly, I, w- I hope my dad lives long enough to where all three of us could be on the song, a song together. Yeah. Like, I hope Rex is, is better than me, you know, like, really, it's like I, I, I'm, I have you know maybe he'll fucking destroy me musically (laughs) who knows
0: yeah that's what most people want from their kids right
2: dude i did not have all this shit growing up my dad didn't have a recording studio like this kid has so much musical shit that like how could you not play it's just destiny like he will play even if he doesn't want to and not because I force him just because it's here. You know what I mean? It's like, he's already grabbing. Dude, he gets on the drum set. He's so small. He's only two bears, not even two yet. And he, he knows what the kick drum does. He sits there on the beater, He can't, can't really reach the snare drum and the kick drum at the same time, but he's already aware, you know, he knows, he knows what they do. So, he knows guitar stuff, too, but obviously you're too small at that age. But he sees me doing it. He, it, It's just, you know, you, you end up being a little bit like your parents, no matter if you want to or not. Yeah. It's just kind of human nature to where it's like, you're like, oh, shit, I'm becoming my parents. <laughs> Everybody, even though, even even during your rebellion teen years, when you think you're not being like your parents, you probably are. <laughs> I don't have to go, but I've been basically dominating your interview, but that's pretty base- that's pretty normal for an interview with Trevor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well no, I mean that's that's what we want and that's what we hope for. So we really appreciate you taking this time with us tonight.
2: Yeah, man. Is um but there is um new record, January, um, February twenty twenty two. I haven't quite figured out yet but there will be a release then. Uh so that's something to kinda of look forward to. I think it's going to be the best record I've ever done. Period. I don't think I will ever be able to match it. I hope. I hope I can. But um, I have some really good riffs on the side right now that I'm. I'm like, okay, well, these are all contenders. But until I put lyrics on them and finish them up, this is going to be a really good record, and I'm really excited about it. And I can, I don't really know about the guest guitar players yet, but I think that might start becoming a thing for me and i've already talked to my guitar player that's playing in the live band about it i'm like look do you want to come play come he's not really he's more of a a a type that likes to learn songs more than write them which might be a huge benefit for a guy like me because you know like you found a guy that's like you know he's nerdy because he sits there and learns all the technicalities and things and likes other people's shit but doesn't really write their own stuff that much it might be you know that might be a really good thing but I was like you know you should come play if you can you know give it a shot and if it sucks I'll fucking tell you You like like, you know I'll be like nope I have no problem saying no you know that's one thing I'm like no it ain't no no I know it needs to go there and if you can't do it I'll do it but I've been kind of trying to wrap my brain if I you know I definitely want to you know Give Philly some more love. Uh, you know, he did a great job with Beautiful Distraction and he's a phenomenal musician. And I, uh, if people are listening uh, to, you know, give Fortress a listen, a uh, great band. And uh, Philly is a force to be reckoned with for sure. He's a young dude. So, um, you know, he has a lot more years than me left in him. You know, he's like 25. I'm like 40. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> If he, could, if he can fucking spread his wings and make it happen, he he could be unstoppable. You know, it's just hard. It's a different time of music where, again, like I said, guitar-oriented music is not dominating the charts. So you have to be really creative on how to make a living as a musician. And and it's only going to get harder. I mean, I, I've been really studying Spotify lately, which everybody probably knows I hate Spotify. I did not use Spotify. Uh, mainly because I just don't like billionaire CEOs that pay the artists that basically build his platform, uh, get paid pennies. It's like you get, you get a million plays, you get three grand.
3: Right
2: To me, that seems weird. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. You should get one penny per play. I don't, I mean, really, is that that hard? You could yeah. probably go find all those. I mean, like, i don't you know i don't know how all those things work with ad revenues i don't know what they charge and stuff but i'm sure i've run ads and they're not cheap you know and to run an ad for like a year year dude that's some serious loot yeah. serious yeah i mean it is and especially at a prime in a prime spot a slot with a uh, app that has millions of users. It's just like, it's a fucking no brainer. If you're selling an ad, if I was, if I was Daniel X, CEO of Spotify and well, he doesn't do marketing, but their marketing person is probably like, yeah, we got like 10 fucking million people using our app on a daily basis. And this is how, you know, you could literally, since it's all internet based, the logistic analytics side of it, you could just be, you could just give a fucking spreadsheet and be like, here's the prime time. This is how many fucking people are listening. We put your 15 second ad here. We want $5 million. Yeah. That big company is going to be like, all right, 5 million, nothing, write it off on your taxes. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, that's how the fucking world works. And, you know, you got to play the game and I have to play the game with Spotify. Eventually again, you know, I, I did an experiment without it and experiment was successful. But at the end of the day, I want distribution, and distribution companies require you to be on Spotify.
3: Right. Okay,
2: I didn't know you that. You can't get around Yeah. You cannot get around it. They want a piece of it. Yeah. They will not give you the distro without it. So you have to, once again, you succumb to the corporate, man, even though I want to be as DIY as possible, it somehow it, – you know, every turn of the corner, it's like a little bit less realistic, but yet still is, you know, some of the dream stays alive. Um, but other than that, um, I don't really know. I don't really have any other news yet, except for, you know, I definitely plan to get hit the road as soon as, as soon as life is a little bit more. Um, We'll see how this tour goes in April. You know what I mean? It's, it's too hard to say once that tour get done and, you know, I see what's like out there, you know, who knows. And as as long as haunts a band, somebody is going to want to take us on a tour. Or somebody is going to want to tour with us and we'll be out there kicking ass. But in the meanwhile, you know, keep an eye out for the music video thing. Cause we are going to start like really trying to, my new guitar player, luckily that's something he does for a living. He does video and photo editing as, as a part of his career. So I'm like, well, we might as well take advantage of this because <laughs> right, this is something right. we haven't, we haven't, I haven't quite nailed is like music videos, and I was like even tell him like, we could go back. We could do old song. I'm like, I'm like, if we can figure out a way to make it cool, we put it up there, it's not no big deal. She don't need to be. We're not trying to be Steven Spielberg here. It's just like just trying to have some content for people who have a little visual to go along with their shit, you know, and then like I said, like the instrumental stuff, and then Maybe, maybe this next year you might hear "Mind Freeze" as a synth record. I mean, who knows?
1: <laughs> I, 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 will I hope be so. on Look lookout, yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> I, I, dude, I listen to it sometimes with no guitar, and it trips me out because it works. I, I, it shouldn't. Technically, it shouldn't work, but I take everything out, and then I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is weird, but good. You know, like. I've even, had, I've even had a friend over one time. He's not big on heavy metal, like, at all. He's just an old friend He likes, like, rap and shit. And I played it, I played it for him both versions. And he was like, hey, man, I, I hate to say this to you, but it sounds way better without guitar. I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well cut off, you know, t- saying that to me, you might as well cut my fucking hand off.
0: Yeah, a dagger to the heart there,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, bro, you like my fucking keyboard playing, which is shit in comparison to all this hard work I've fucking put in all these years. God damn it.
0: But, well, thanks again for taking all this time with yeah. us. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, this
2: nope, is great. No Thank problem. You. It's good. good to talk to you guys again, and, and best of luck with everything, and I'm sure we'll We'll get around to this corner again, eventually.
0: There you go. Trevor William Church of Haunt. A huge thank you to him for not only joining us, but talking to us there for almost two hours. So that was very cool, because normally our only episodes that have gone that long or longer have been, you know, set down ones like at my house or something. Right, right. You know, we had Sid Falk from Overkill, formerly of Overkill. That was 18 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> we split that one up into two episodes. Mm-hmm. And I know we had a really Nine long... hours each. Yeah. We had a really long one with uh, Travis Davis one time and some of our other ones we've done on our own, like the best of in the years and that kind of thing. But to sit down and talk to a guy like this that's, you know, in the grand scheme of our lives as far as music goes, he's relatively new to us, you know, the last few years. Right. And... I Talk remember, to him about all
1: the stuff he's got going on after you kind of turned me on to him, and I know you became a massive fan, and so have I. So. Right, yeah. I remember. I'd kind of heard the name, Haunt, but I wasn't really sure. But then when we had Eric Kluber on, and okay. he, was, he was telling us, you guys got to check out Haunt. Oh, and right. That was that was when I did, and I was like, holy shit. Okay, I forgot that that happened. Okay, yeah, that was. So you have Eric Kluber to thank for that.
0: There you go, people, if you're not familiar with Eric Kluber. He's a phenomenal guitarist. He's part of Void Vader, formerly a part of Iron Knight, Gypsy Hawk, White Wizard, all kinds of great stuff from Eric Kluber to check out. He also put out the No Legacy vinyl comp- compilation of a lot of bands from that California area, just like Void Vader and Haunt are, so that's something else to check out, and he's been on this podcast twice. So is Trevor now, and his last time was episode 247, if you want to check that out, exactly 70 episodes ago. So glad to have Trevor back and talk about the new album and the album he's got coming in twenty twenty two and beyond. So I'm sure we'll have him back on here another day. I hope so. Yeah. So if this is your first time to check us out, you got a ton you can dig back through. We've had on guys from Testament, Megadeth, like I said, Overkill, Death Angel. I'm trying to think of the the metal stuff like that, but I mean we've had on like the sludgy stuff like Crowbar and I Hate God and Super Joint, Christian Conformity, Clutch, guys from Killswitch Switch Engage, Typo Negative, Life of Agony, super long list that also includes guys from Kiss and Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard and Motley Crue even, so dig back through that list. It's all at thethunderunderground.com. You can listen there. You can also find all our socials, so like us everywhere, wherever you're listening right now. Subscribe if you haven't, so you don't miss any future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, we've got Jordan Griffin from Them Evils. He's the front man for Them Evils coming up very soon. We've also got a couple other things scheduled that we'll announce as soon as they happen. We've had Dirty Honey on here last week, so that's quite a bit different than Hot, but it's all great rock and roll, so check it right. out. Yep. Once again, we appreciate you listening. A huge thank you goes to Trevor of Haunt, Medfarm, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, and Hell Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.